This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. You may not even be aware, but kids in BC, perhaps kids you see every day, are going hungry. It's hard to believe, but 18% of children in the province are living below the poverty line. And coming up, our guests are trying to make sure those kids don't have to go hungry because of poverty. We'll talk to the folks at Backpack Buddies about how they are helping and how you can too. But first, it's some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The B.C. government is trying to give us some relief from the increasing cost of living in the province. This past Wednesday, they capped rent increases and also announced an increase to the Climate Action Tax Credit. Premier John Horgan says these measures will, quote, help bring down costs for renters, put money back into people's pockets, and offer families a cushion during challenging times, unquote. In addition, the province is also boosting the B.C. family benefit, which altogether, it says, will help British Columbians buy up to 1500 bucks for a family of four. But the cap on the allowable rent increase for the next year is not sitting well with David Hutniak, CEO of Landlord BC. He says with the cost of real estate so high and the cost of maintaining a mortgage also going up, it's become difficult for the owners. Hutniak says you can't have negative cash flow year after year. It's just not a sustainable business model. According or adding to the cost of living, the cost of borrowing went up again this week. The Bank of Canada announced another three quarters of a percentage increase to its key interest rate on Wednesday. It now sits at three and a quarter percent. It's the fifth consecutive interest rate increase this year. And for some, the strain on their wallet is becoming unbearable. Financial planners say now is the time to take stock of your spending and your Keep your budget in check. And uh, they say to keep in mind, things may get worse before they get better. Taco Time Canada says it's fired a Vancouver employee after she flipped off a customer at the Taco Time in Pacific Center, which is just downstairs from CKNW. Another customer shared a photo this past week of this employee giving two middle fingers to another customer. According to the person sharing the photo, uh, they wrote, someone didn't get what they asked for, so they brought it back. They refused to fix the problem. This is apparently the manager. That was a quote on Facebook from the person who shared the photo. A few days later, Taco Time issued a statement saying the employee misrepresented herself as the manager. She apparently wasn't the manager and, quote, acted out with degrading gestures. They then apologized to the customer who was the subject of the middle-fingered salute. Although the employee is now without a job, she's getting some support from online uh, posters, uh, people who sympathize with fast food workers and uh, are sick of uh, customers who uh, are kind of unruly. This is Vancouver Consumer. And up next, it's an organization that is helping to make sure kids in BC don't have to go hungry. And you might be alarmed by just how many kids do. We'll talk to the folks at Backpack Buddies when Vancouver Consumer returns right after this. 
This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and everybody knows that growing kids need good, healthy food. And it's something a lot of parents take for granted. But a lot of families throughout the province struggle to put food on the table every day. It's hard to believe, but 18% of children in the province are now living below the poverty line. And that's where my next guest comes in. She's with Backpack Buddies, an organization that is working to fill that hunger gap, especially on the weekends. That's when a lot of kids go without the support of school breakfast and lunch programs. And it's the weekends when they go hungry. And a lot of people don't think about that. Backpack Buddies provides meals and snacks for the weekend directly to those kids who need them. And you can find more info on Backpack Buddies online at backpackbuddies.ca. And to tell us more about this organization, Emily Ann King is with us. How are you, Emily? I'm really well. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So I I think for a lot of people uh, in B.C., they don't realize the scope of this this problem of kids living in poverty. And it seems, you know, fair because you, you just don't always see it. But tell us about the the scope of this problem. How big is it? Yeah, it, you know what? You're exactly right. It is, the, the need is massive and it's extremely widespread and deep-rooted in every corner and pocket of our province. And people really often aren't aware that, you know, it might be the family living next door and, um, you know, they might think it's localized to particular areas, but, but it really isn't. And, you know, research is showing is over 153,000 children in our province are living below the poverty line, which is an astonishing number. And, you know, in our experience, especially over the last six months with things like inflation and, you know, all, all things we'll probably talk about today, um, that problem and this it, this problem is only growing and, and getting worse. And uh, it's something really concerning to me and, and to our organization. Yeah, and I guess if there was ever a time to to really confront this, it would be now. Because I know when I go to the grocery store and you see all of a sudden, a, you know, a head of cauliflower is double the price or something, the inflation is insane. How is that affecting things? Obviously not good, but it must be making a huge impact. Yeah, it really is. You know, we are uh, constantly receiving phone calls from School districts, communities as a whole, individual parents looking, you know, looking for support for their families. And, you know, what's really happening is that there's, you know, a vulnerable population that um, was, you know, struggling pre-inflation. And then there were those who may have been on the edge. And it, what it, what this has done is just tipped those people right over the edge. And some who were never worried about putting food on the table before are suddenly finding themselves in a position where they're needing to reach out and, and ask for help to feed their kids. And um, it's, it's just really tough. And so we're doing everything that we can uh, to, to help as many kids and families as possible while also managing inflation numbers with our own grocery bill as an organization, because we're certainly being impacted on that side of things as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about, a bit about, I want to talk about how people can get involved, but I also want to talk about Backpack Buddies. By the way, we're talking to Emily Ann King, uh, founder and co-executive director of Backpack Buddies. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting name. Tell us the story of Backpack Buddies. Yeah, so Backpack Buddies uh, is something that my mother and I actually started together over, well, actually 10 years ago this September. We're uh, wow. really proud of that, a whole 10 years uh, of doing this work. And it really grew out of a, a conversation that we had with an outreach worker at an inner city school in Vancouver. You know, we were speaking with her about the needs of her students and her school and uh, my mom said to her, you know, what What would be your one wish if you could, you know, wave a magic wand? What would be the thing that you would love to see for your students and families? And immediately the response was food for weekends. And, you know, that proverbial kind of light bulb moment where you go, oh, yeah, there's breakfast and lunch programs and snack programs at schools. But what's happening on Saturdays and Sundays to those kids? And so for some for some reason, we decided we were going to try to do something about it. And we started at that one school with 20 children on our program. And, you know, today we're in over 250 distribution sites in the province and continuing to grow. Yeah, and that that is a, an amazing thing that I, I think most people, I know until I started reading about Backpack Buddies, it never even occurred to me. I thought, oh, you put food in schools, these food programs, and the problem is solved. But but the weekend, and uh, and I guess, I guess kids are in different situations, but uh, they can all lead to, to no food on the weekend. So how does it work? How, how does Backpack Buddies provide the food and, and how does that work for the kids? Yeah, so what we do is we fill um, bags of food. Uh, each bag has enough meals to last a child the whole weekend and beyond. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, times two, plus fresh fruits and veggies and extras kind of tossed in there. So it's a really you know robust bag that each child on our program receives every single Friday. So we deliver uh, locally using our own kind of delivery system and, and trucks and drivers. And then when we ship to other more remote parts of the province, we work with different shipping partners um, who are very generous to us and allow us to sort of piggyback on the backs of their trucks that they may already be sending to some of these you know, more remote communities. For example, Stewart, BC, you know, way up north, you can walk into Alaska from Stewart. It's that far wow. north. And, uh, you know, we send bags all the way up there and everything is sort of centralized at our warehouse in North Vancouver. And we have a, a warehouse in Victoria that helps service our island um, programming. And beyond that, we just, yeah, it really, uh, it takes a whole logistical puzzle to get the bags all across the province um, to all the children. Wow. When you were sitting with your mom 10 years ago, envisioning this, and it started in Vancouver, did you have any idea that you'd be delivering food to the border of Alaska? <laughs> you know, I, I think that there's two sides to that, where one, I, I was like, we're going to do this, we're going to help as many kids as possible. And, you know, once we started doing the work, I knew that there was no stopping. You know, we were in, <laughs> we were committed, and kids started to depend on this support and there was no going back for us. And so we knew we wanted to grow it 
and we're really proud of you know how many children that we're helping on a weekly basis but the flip side of that is wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to do this <laughs> yeah you know the implications of the the success and the growth is that there are hungry kids and it and it just shouldn't be the case but as long as there is uh, and there's a need for what we're doing we will continue to to march on and and keep helping yeah, we're talking to Emily Ann King. She's the co-founder and uh, co-executive director of Backpack Buddies. And you can learn more about Backpack Buddies by going to backpackbuddies.ca. And uh, they provide food for kids who are, are not getting it, for kids who are living in poverty, and especially kids who are served by school lunch programs, but on the weekends is when they go hungry. So, So tell us about some of the some of the kids you've helped. I mean, there must be some amazing stories of, of kids that you've helped. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I mean, and those, you know, the stories are what, what keep us going, just some incredible families and, and children who are so um, resilient and inspiring. And, you know, one of the most motivating kind of, or not so much motivating, but a, a, a conversation that I had that, has stuck with me every single day since was a, a little girl that I spoke to um, in our first year of operation. And uh, I asked her, oh, do you like Backpack Buddies? And what do you like about it? And she looked me square in the eye. She couldn't have been more than six or seven. And she said, before Backpack Buddies, sometimes all I had all weekend was water. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, that is not... Um, an isolated experience for just that one little girl. You know, we know that that's, um, that's something that's facing a lot of children in our province are facing. And so it's, you know, those kind of impact statements and testimonials where you go, well, we're all right, we're on the right path here and we're doing something that's important and we got to keep going. Yeah. And it's, it's like you say, it's, it's sort of this thing where you've started this organization and it's not like there was a hole and you filled it. It's a huge hole and you're only, you're, you're realizing that it's not just Vancouver. It's every other place in, in the world. And, and I think people hearing that a six-year-old girl talking about how she only had water on the weekend, I think a lot of people are are saying who are listening right now, saying, well, how can I help? So backpackbuddies.ca is the website. So what if somebody wants to get involved? I mean, obviously uh, money is always good, but what do you say to people who want to help Backpack Buddies? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our website, backpackbuddies.ca, has lots of information about getting involved. So being, you know, an individual donor, it, it takes just $20 to feed a child for the entire weekend on our program. Um, we're, you know, volunteer based um, with, you know, how we fill these bags. We're shipping over 40,000 meals across the province on a weekly basis. And all of those meals have to get into all of the bags and that's done by volunteer support. So there's information on our website about signing up to volunteer. And, you know, if you're on the other side of it and you're in a school or you're a parent or a family or um, a teacher who might be looking to get support for your students also web, head to our website and reach out to us and we will do what we can um, to help. Mm-hmm. And how was COVID for, for backpack buddies? I'm guessing it wasn't, wasn't helpful. <laughs> uh, yes. It all feels like such a blur, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it was, 
it was a really, really tricky time because our our distribution mechanism is almost 100% school-based. We deliver directly to where kids already are on Friday afternoon. So families aren't having to get their kids from school and go to another site to get the food. You know, we, we bring it right to where they already are. And then schools shut. And we know that kids lost access to their breakfast and lunch programs and us overnight. Um, and so what we really did was spend those two weeks of spring break in March of 2020. And we looked at all of the different logistical barriers and said, well, what are we going to, how are we going to do this? We knew there was more need than ever. Um, like I mentioned with the loss of school lunch and breakfast programs. And so we pivoted our model. We increased the content of what goes in the bags. We added more meals, we bulked them up and we began to partner with community agencies where we knew children were accessing other services. So boys and girls clubs, community centers, um, all kinds of different community-based agencies that we just sort of reached out to and said, here's our services. Can we help? And um, thankfully we were able to grow from 1,300 kids a week in March of 2020 to 3,000 a week by June of 2020. Wow, that's really incredible. That's kind of um, inspiring that you you took the adversity of COVID and actually uh, ran with it and made things better. And and I'm guessing it will really help things in the future as well. Yeah, you know, a really beautiful, yeah, a wonderful silver lining out of that was that we'd always struggled um, distributing our program through the summer months when schools were shut. Um, But COVID forced us to reimagine things and create these partnerships with other distribution sites that have now allowed us to continue our program through the summer. It's not quite on the scale that it is through the school year, but, you know, we're able to help a few thousand children a week through the summer now that pre-COVID we just didn't have the infrastructure for. And so, yeah, what that's a it's a lovely silver lining out of a difficult yeah. situation. <laughs> that sounds great. We're talking to Emily Ann King from Backpack Buddies, backpackbuddies.ca. And when we come back, I want to look at kind of the big picture about what hunger does to children and uh, why we need Backpack Buddies. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking about children going hungry with Emily Ann King, uh, one of the co-founders of Backpack Buddies, backpackbuddies.ca. And uh, Backpack Buddies is an organization that provides food to kids who are food insecure. And it's something that a lot of people don't think about, but uh, 18% of children in this province are living below the poverty line. And one of the things that inspired Emily Ann, if I can speak for her, is the fact that a lot of kids... Uh, get food at their school. There's lunch programs and breakfast programs. But what about the weekends? And that's when a lot of kids go hungry. And that's where Backpack Buddies comes in. And uh, Emily Ann, I want to ask you just your thoughts. I mean, you've had so much experience with kids who are are not getting enough to eat. And uh, especially when it comes to, you know, being at school, um, what does hunger do to a child that maybe we don't think about? 
Yeah, there's a there's a sign that hangs in one of our recipient school uh, cafeterias that says you can't train the brain if you don't include the food. Uh, and I think that that really speaks exactly to this question. I mean, if you're hungry, it is harder to focus. It's harder to learn. You know, research shows that children who come to school hungry um, can lose several hours of productivity in a given week and ability to retain information. And um, there's a lot of, you know, um, learning deficits that can come with that, ADHD and all sorts of things that are kind of knock-on effects of hunger. And it's just, it's a really, um, it's a really tricky and complicated kind of chemical reaction in the brain that happens when little ones are, are not getting the nutrition that they need. But ultimately the, the end result is that it can set them back for life. And that's just something that we shouldn't be facing uh, in our province. A kid shouldn't be facing in our province uh, or in our country. And so, um, you know, our, our hope is that our program is able to provide kids with food over the weekend so that they can come to school Monday morning, not already one step behind, you know, ready to learn, ready to jump into the day. And I guess it's important, too, that they're eating, you know, good basic food. And if a, if a kid is at home and there's no food, they they may just be surviving on, you know, whatever's there, maybe candy, things that just don't provide protein, all those kind of things. Yeah, you know, exactly. Adequate nutrition is, is just paramount in a little person's development. And as an organization, what we do is is really try to straddle the line of, Obviously, giving kids things that are nutritious, you know, apples, mini carrots, bell peppers, cucumbers, hummus, while also making sure we're including food that we know a six or seven or eight-year-old is going to want to eat. So, you know, we've got pastas and things and rice and tuna and really hoping that we we make sure that we're, we're balancing what excites a child and what they're going to want to fill their bellies with, with that nutritional component. Right. We're talking to <laughs> Emily Ann King uh, is with Backpack Buddies, backpackbuddies.ca. And we mentioned before the break about, uh, you know, money is always welcome. If you go to backpackbuddies.ca, you can donate. But a lot of people are donating their time. And I'm guessing uh, you've made a lot of good friends and a lot of people uh, have had a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you describe it as fun, but it must feel really good when when people come in and give their time and volunteer at Backpack Buddies? Yeah, it, it is fun. I would say it is fun. <laughs> that is one of the, the best parts of the job is, you know, our, our community of volunteers that um, kind of breathe life into the organization. And without them, this work wouldn't be possible. And, you know, we have our, our regular faces that have been volunteering with us basically from day one. And we also have lots of new individuals who come in on a given week or companies who reach out and bring their staff in for volunteer experiences. And, you know, we are really proud to be able to welcome people into our warehouse to share um, what we do with them and help them have some impact right here in their own community because it's really rewarding. It, it, it feels good to help. And so um, it really, it is a, a, a super fun experience. <laughs> Yeah. And so what kind of donations are, are welcome? I mean, what do you need and what don't you need? So, oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, monetary donations are 
um, kind of number one for us because we have really good buying power with our suppliers so we can stretch donor dollars. Um, and, you know, when people want to food drive and, and donate items, that's a little bit trickier for us because we're very specific about what goes in the bags. And so often we can end up with products that um, we're not able to use. And so um, there's also a great spot on our website. Um, it's called Nourish and Flourish, where if individuals are interested in donating food items, they can shop our online marketplace, something we created in covid um, using our buying power and, and donate the money for a case of granola bars, for example. And then we use that to purchase the granola bars ourselves, making sure that we get, you know, exactly the items that we're in need of. Right. So you, your money goes a long way because you know how to buy and, and where to buy. Exactly. Yeah. And we have some wonderful um, food supply partners who work really diligently to to get us the absolute best price um, for our our. Bar, our our bulk purchasing. <laughs> right. Hard to say. Bulk purchasing. Yeah. I can't even say it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So backpackbuddies.ca is the website. And uh, you mentioned before, just a lovely story, how you and your mom started Backpack Buddies 10 years ago. Um, what Was there a, a time... Uh, a moment in time, like a milestone where you thought this is going to work? Oh, I think um, that's it. Yeah, there's, there's many where I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, but uh, you know what? I, I really think that the first Friday that we delivered um, we delivered our first round of those 20 bags I spoke about earlier. Um, it was just kind of, okay, well, there's no going back now. This is what we're going to do. And, you know, I left my career to, to pursue this and um, never, never looked back. I mean, there's been a lot of um, struggles, but I think that working, uh, working with my mom has been uh, a blessing in that sense because on the days where I felt like, giving up. She motivated me and, and vice versa. And so we've just kind of banded together. But yeah, that, that very first delivery was just so powerful. And we immediately saw that the need was there and that was it. Yeah. And do you find that the children are, are different? Their situations are, are different or, or is it a sort of a similar thing with every kid or do you find, yeah, like I say, is, is, is every situation different or the same? Absolutely different. You know, there's hunger is not a, a one size fits all sort of situation. And sometimes there are families who just need help for a couple of months. And sometimes there are children who've been on our program for, for years. And so it really, you know, there can be two working parents in a household that are choosing between food on the table and electricity that month. And so it's, you know, there really isn't, you know, one kind of particular profile or experience. And um, I think that's really important for people to understand as well. It, it really isn't uh, a one-size-fits-all kind of profile, and it's not an over-there issue. You know, people often think of hunger as something distant and far away, but it isn't. It's just right, right here in our communities. And it's uh, far more common than than. People probably think, I mean, looking at, at those 
statistics about how many kids live below the poverty line, 18%. And I, I guess it's just, just a thing where people don't see it. it it's kind of mm-hmm. invisible, isn't it? It is. And that's a huge part of the issue and something as an organization that we are really trying to bring awareness to. You know, we can't um, fundraise, we can't do this sort of work until we shed light on what the problem is and and then provide a solution to help. And so really educating people about um, about the severity and, and how, like we've said, how widespread it is. You know, I'm fortunate I live in, on the North Shore in Vancouver, um, in North Van, and I have a lot of, you know, people, donors, individuals, volunteers that I've spoken with um, and I tell them, you know, we're in several schools in North Vancouver and they just look at me blankly. Like there's no, there's no way that can't be possible, but it is. It, and it's, if it's in North Van, it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And corporate donors, that, that is a, a growing part of Backpack Buddies, uh, companies that want to get involved. How important are corporate donors to Backpack Buddies? Well, they're so important. Um, you know, those corporate relationships help us tremendously. And uh, we're really looking to to bring in as many as we can. And what's great about the corporate kind of partnership is companies can fundraise and um, with their staff or their communities and, and donate. But we also provide a really hands-on experience for staff to come and volunteer with us and really create kind of a a nice team building experience where they can come in and give back together. Yeah. So I guess it's something that uh, is a win-win for say a company that wants to, to foster that sort of team uh, spirit and you get involved with backpack buddies and you're doing a great thing for kids, but you're also doing a great thing for your organization. You're really, you know, team building. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what we love to see. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm just saying if, if anybody's listening and they have a company, uh, big or small, and you want to kind of foster, uh, some togetherness, I think, you know, go to backpackbuddies.ca and get involved. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great idea. I'm all excited about that now. Um, <laughs> well, so, come on down. <laughs> come yeah. on in, Martin. <laughs> okay, I will too. Um, yeah. So, so I guess, uh, what would you like to say as as we close up to to anybody who's who's worked with Backpack Buddies or or sent money to Backpack Buddies? You know, what do you want to say to people who who have gotten involved and and people who may be thinking about getting involved? Yeah, we are so grateful for for every single donor and every single person who's contributed to our program over the last 10 years. And, you know, um, people often that I speak to say to me, oh, thank you for doing this work. And I'm like, no, 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 thank you, because we couldn't do this without the support of donors and volunteers and, and individuals and companies that that step up and help, you know, that's the only way we're able to do this work is through that um, really generous support. And so uh, I remain grateful every single day for those individuals that that help make this happen for us (laughs) and for the kids. And for the kids. Well, we're grateful for you too. Uh, Emily Ann King, co-founder, co-executive director of Backpack Buddies, And uh, I just want to thank you for uh, talking to us this afternoon. 
Well, thank you so much. Emily Ann King, Backpack Buddies. Go to backpackbuddies.ca. Get involved, either by donating money or just just get involved. Backpackbuddies.ca. Feed some kids. And when we come back, how long will it be before King Charles will be on our money? I'll tell you what the Royal Canadian Mint is saying when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. God save the king. Sounds a little bit strange. We'll have to get used to it. This is after Queen Elizabeth II passed away on Thursday at the age of 96. Her son Charles is taking over as the new king of England immediately. So what does it mean for our money? I mean, the queen is all over our money since Canada is a commonwealth country. We have had a likeness of the reigning monarch on our coins since the Royal Canadian Mint started production back in 1908. Queen Elizabeth first appeared on Canada's money in 1953, and with her death, many Canadians are wondering when Charles' likeness will be printed by the Royal Canadian Mint. The short answer is, it might take a while. The Mint says a change in monarch doesn't require a wholesale replacement of coins and bills immediately, and it will not disrupt daily commerce requiring the use of coins and bills. So basically, don't worry. Your Queen Elizabeth money is still good. And think about it. You can occasionally find a coin with Elizabeth's dad, King George, on it, and those are still good. There's been four different versions of the Queen on our money since she took over the throne. The last change was in 2003. The Bank of Canada issued the last commemorative $20 bill of Elizabeth in September of 2015, They did it on the exact day on which Queen Elizabeth's reign exceeded that of her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, making Elizabeth the longest reigning sovereign in Canada's modern era. Actually, her first appearance on our money was actually as eight-year-old Princess Elizabeth on the first $20 note which was issued by the Bank of Canada in 1935. No word on when we'll see the first coin or bill with Prince, I mean, King Charles on it. Uh, The 73-year-old is now the 62nd monarch to assume the throne, spending his entire life preparing for that role. So it's definitely an end of an era and one that is being felt here in this part of the world. And not just because we have a park in Vancouver named after her, a theater named after her. Queen Elizabeth first visited Vancouver in 1951 as Princess Elizabeth, Duchess of Edinburgh, along with her husband, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. The couple arrived in Vancouver by train. They visited Victoria and Nanaimo, and then they enjoyed a private retreat in Qualicum Beach. The last time that Elizabeth came to BC was in October 2002 as part of a visit to Nunavut. During that visit, the Queen in Vancouver even dropped the puck at an exhibition Canucks game, and she took that role as puck dropper very seriously. I think she even threw Marcus Naslin out of the face-off circle. He must have been chirping about something. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. We are here every Saturday from 2 to 4, 
And uh, that's in big part to our producers, Leo Coelho and producer Leila Hadir. Stick around. The CKNW News is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.